just because you can make money doing something, just because you can sell something, doesn't necessarily mean it's in your best interest. It might make you money, but there's way more to life than money. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders, rewriting the rules of high performance at work. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Mind Valley podcast. Mind Valley is bringing you the most advanced education in the world. If you are a member of Mind Valley, know that you're going to get access to all of this for less than $2 a day. See, most schools like Harvard charge thousands of dollars for a college education, and we think this is rubbish. We know that in five years from now, you will be better equipped when you get to study from the likes of the incredible teachers that we bring on the Mind Valley platform with the curriculum design, the amazing storytelling, and the technology that really enables you to truly transform. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman to learn more on how to become a member of Mind Valley. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to Superhumans at Work. I have an incredible guest today that I've had a chance to study. How does he do some of his marketing? He runs an incredible event that Mind Valley has been a part of for year after year, where he connects incredible people through the Genius Network. We have Joe Polish coming on the show. And to give you a bit of background on this incredible man, he's been the founder president of Piranha Marketing Inc. He's been featured on publications such as Inc, Fortune, Forbes, Success, USA News. He runs the Genius Network. He's been the host of top events such as 10X Talk, I Love Marketing and Genius Network, where he has his business podcast. His story is really incredible. He now works a lot on his business and runs it in a way that is very easy, lucrative, and fun. We're going to talk more about how you can bring that into your own business too. Uses his extra time to even help people with addiction recovery. I want us to be able to dig into the story, the businesses, and the ideas that you can implement into your own business as well. Joe Polish, welcome to the show. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thank you, Jason. Great to be here, man. Now, Joe, I consider you one of the OGs, originals in the space of marketing, business, building online. And I kind of want to take it back to that beginning because you've designed Piranha Marketing. You talk about building easy, fun, lucrative businesses. And I kind of wanted to get into that story. So how did you find yourself being at the pivotal moment where a lot of these businesses shifted to online? And what were some of the initial things you discovered when you made that shift? I guess the good thing about having learned marketing in an environment of being a dead broke carpet cleaner, which is where I first started. And having studied the psychology before the technology came onto the scene, I think it gave me an advantage because a lot of people, they focus on the technology versus the psychology. And, and all what marketing is, is, it's applied psychology. And what I would say is I never intended to do the things that I do today. It was all accidental. It was all a strategic byproduct of me just being a small business owner and being broke and trying to figure out how to pay my bills and how to make a business work. My story is I started out at a carpet cleaning company when I was in my, I was probably 22, 23 years old when I first started it. And I was broke and I didn't know what marketing even meant. And out of necessity, I learned it. You know, it's like, what's the whole saying? Necessity is mother of invention. So I learned this skill set of studying how to create advertising that actually works. And there's a lot of elements of making a successful business, but one of the most important ones is getting people to want to do business with you and getting people to buy from you because it doesn't matter how good of a person you are, how much you care. There's no relationship between being a good human being and getting paid. 
It helps if you're a good person. It's certainly, if you care about other people, it's important, but that's not a guarantee that you're going to have a successful business. Because a lot of people that I saw making money that frankly didn't care that much about their customers, their clients, and they were really good at marketing. So my whole thing was, well, how do you use this skill in the most ethical ways? How do you set it up so that you don't have to rely on a lot of manual labor. So what you refer to as ELF, easy, lucrative, and fun, I've made the distinction, didn't have this languaging back then. But today, I think of how do I set up the systems, the automation, robotic processes that are easy, lucrative, and fun versus having a half business, which is hard, annoying, lame, and frustrating. Because not all money is created equal. There's ways to have hard, annoying, lucrative, and frustrating business. So you can either be broke or you can actually be making a lot of money and still not have an elf business. And I've gone through stages in my life where I've had things that are really hard and I've had things that are elf. And it's, I mean, we're in the midst of a pandemic. And so for the last several months at the time we're doing this recording, life has not been very elf for most people. And back then talking about the transition from going from offline to online, I mean, I didn't jump on some things as quickly as I wish I would have. I still don't consider myself like an online marketer, even though we do a lot of, I don't define myself by a channel. What I do with Genius Network, what I do for Genius Recovery in a lot of ways, we don't even need a website for that. We don't need any social media. I mean, my business with Genius Network is mostly referrals, even though we've made millions online, it still is not something where we have to have that. So what I'd like to speak to today is really some insights, some philosophies, some things that I've learned over the years. I've had my own company since 1990. So I've been at this for a long time. I started my first type of mastermind and coaching group in 1998. So I've been doing this for over two decades. I am one of, I guess, the OGs of this whole sort of business. And I also learned from the OGs before me. And so I've read over a thousand books. I've been to a ton of seminars. I've interviewed personally over 900 different people, some of the smartest entrepreneurs in the world. So I definitely have done my time. I've spent a couple million dollars in my marketing education. And if I had to boil it down to a few lessons that would be helpful is first off, only align yourself with people that are aligned with you. So as you go out in business, be very careful about just because you can make money doing something, just because you can sell something doesn't necessarily mean it's in your best interest. It might make you money, but there's way more to life than money. Money's really important. I never poo-poo money. People that say money can't buy happiness. It's not a really smart saying. I buy happiness all the time. You can buy happiness with money. And if you are a miserable person with a lot of money, you can give that money away. You can actually, people that say money can't buy happiness haven't probably given enough of it away. You can help save lives with money. You can help fund movements with money. There's a lot of things that money facilitate. There are certain happiness you can buy, but you can't pay someone to do your push-ups. Is a line from Jim Rohn back in the day. And so your health is your most important thing. So a lot of my focus with Genius Network as an example, which is my group for high-level entrepreneurs, even though I have a company called that, I believe everyone, which is like lesson number two, is have a Genius Network. Have a group of people. doesn't mean a lot of followers or big social media following. Now, you may want that for business purposes. You may want that for ego purposes. But ultimately, any problem in the world can be solved with the right Genius Network. And what that means are people that have skills and capabilities. I don't just want to network. I mean, networking is like this old term of like going out and meeting people. I mean, when I think of genius networking, it's like, who are the people out there that if I'm going to go connect with them that have skills and capabilities that can help me solve any problem or at least improve any problem I may have in my life in particular areas. So the areas that I focus on is in my own group 
is health, wealth, and elf. So health is mental and physical. So I'm 52 years old. I'll be 53, three months from now. And I used to be a drug addict. When I was in high school, I, in my worst state, I weighed 105 pounds from freebasing cocaine. I was a total drug addict. And I had a very abusive childhood, physically, mentally, sexually. A lot of abandonment. It was, I had a very pained upbringing. And I medicated through becoming an addict, doing drugs. And I know the difference between being in good physical health, mentally and physically, and being suicidal and being completely out of it. And so, which is why I spend about half my time helping people that have addictions, because I am an addict myself. I've been in recovery for many, many years. And so I understand that. So the thing with Genius Network, going back to that, is I think of it as a capability network. I don't think anyone wants to listen to a podcast. I don't think anyone wants to come to one of my events or read any of my books or any of that stuff. What people want is they want a result. And in order to get a result, they need capabilities. So I'm always on the lookout of like, all right, what's the problem? What's the challenge? Or what's the opportunity? And who is the best to help get me to that solution or can help me? And one of the ways that I teach and live is I don't ask anyone to do anything for me without doing something for them first. Meaning the world owes me nothing unless I can create value first. So money earned ethically is a byproduct of value creation. So when I go out and connect with people, I'm always thinking about what's in it for them, not what's in it for me. Even if I may want something, it doesn't matter. No one gives a shit about what I want. What people care about is what they want until you give them a reason to know that you actually care about them then there may be a level of trust, a level of rapport that you have with them. But I go into almost any situation without doing my best to not have an agenda, meaning I want things. I think about things. I want people to like me. I want to make money. I want business things to succeed. I want projects to happen. There certainly are benefiting things to my life that I want to have happen. I just do my best not to be emotionally married to it. So that way I can be more useful and I can be more helpful without an agenda. I don't like tit for tat sort of stuff where I'm going to go help this person as long as I can rig it in a way to make it look like I care about this person. My whole thing is just be caring, just be helpful. And that means if someone opens up a door for you, say thank you. If you're at people that are never going to give you anything, be courteous, be polite. I mean, I gauge the level of who becomes a true friend of mine based on how are people that are more powerful treat people that are less powerful than them. Because I know a lot of very famous people. I know a lot of very wealthy people. I have quite a few friends that are true billionaires. And I observe people and say, it doesn't matter how much money they have. Are you a courteous person? Do you have kindness? Are you caring? Are you just an egotistical asshole? So that's how I sort of make the determination, which kind of goes back to what I was saying about who you align yourself with. So part of it is any problem in the world can be solved with the right genius network. So if someone's like, all right, I want to be a better parent. Who are eight people that you know that would be really great to talk with, that could guide you to have conversations that could be helpful? You want to be in better physical shape. Do you need a nutritionist? Do you need a massage therapist? Do you need a yoga instructor? Do you need a personal trainer? You want to write a book, all right? Do you need an editor? Do you need a writer? Do you need a web designer? I mean, there's, so all of the things that we do in life consist of finding other people's capabilities. So always be on the lookout of capabilities and always be focusing on results. And the best way to get results in my life is to help other people get results in their life. And then naturally, they just help me get what I want. And that's just kind of how I operate. Now I could keep babbling, but I just wanted to share some of those, just that's how I sort of think about getting stuff done.
Joe, like I knew to have so much fun on this interview because you're just a wealth of knowledge and you can go in so many areas and really share some great nuggets. A couple of things I want to extract from that is just the power of how when you understand the psychology of marketing, this is really where you can use the technology in the right way, where I think a lot of people today might mix them apart, as you've mentioned. And then these keys about aligning with the right people and having that genius network. You're really someone who practices the whole like, if you want to know the what, find out the who first. And I think that's a great philosophy because I don't think we lack any knowledge today. There's an overwhelm of knowledge and it's almost like you have to find the right people to align with, bring them into that network so you know what knowledge to consume based on that level of trust. And of course, that other part, which is just leading with generosity and just coming in with an emotion of caring for others without necessarily needing to have something in return, I think just makes you have more opportunities open to you without you seeking it. Because I think once you're attached to that outcome, as you said, then it becomes inauthentic and looking at what you've created in your business. And for those of us who might be watching this interview on a video format, you would notice that Joe is a very healthy 53-year-old man looking really ripped. So I know you have some good people in your health circles because you're looking young, sir. Now, that being said, I want to go dig into that psychology a little bit because I do feel that that is true. You've went up into doing these vacuum cleaner sales, which most people are like, how does that even work? Because everybody buys that stuff on Amazon now. And we've gotten complacent in understanding the psychology because big companies are allowing for the e-commerce. What are some of these keys that you feel are most forgotten for these people who are trying to market themselves, maybe they want to sell a product or service online. They feel like if I have that right technology and I can list a few, like some people are going to throw themselves on a Kajabi. Some people are going to use a WordPress blog. They're going to have all these things automated. And technology has made things very easy today. So what are those psychological elements that you feel people would just need to tap into that would give them so much more success in their lives? Let me say it this way too, because you certainly have had other people on the show that are far better internet marketers than I would ever consider myself to be. What I would say is just first off, understanding what marketing is in the first place. So let me kind of define it. Selling is what you do when you're on the phone or face-to-face with somebody. Marketing is what you do to get someone on the phone or face-to-face with you or on a website or on a, wherever you're trying to direct them to. Now I say telephone because I actually like explaining things. I even like using carpet cleaning examples, even though I still own that company that Piranha Marketing, which is at over 10,000 people in the cleaning industry, and then many more in other service industries that have utilized our training, utilized our services. And we've generated at least a couple billion dollars in revenue for our clients based on our campaigns and promotions and stuff that we've done. I like explaining it in the most basic level, because if you have to figure out how to successfully sell something nobody wants to buy, like carpet cleaning is an example. You mentioned vacuum cleaners. What's funny is I did actually sell vacuum cleaners for a short period of time when I was going to college, but I wasn't really going to college for any other reason to just become sober from being a drug addict prior before. So I never got a college degree in anything. I failed owning and operating a small business at Chandler Gilbert Community College, and I got a C- minus in principles of marketing. So if I had to base this on, I even have a copy of that report card in one of my marketing books just to show people that I do not have some formal education here in marketing. And I'll get back to the definition of stuff in a moment here. But what I wanted to point out is that if you try to be sophisticated 
and think that marketing is about sophistication, you miss the entire point. I had to figure out how to successfully sell something nobody wants to buy, which is carpet cleaning. Nobody wakes up and says, you know, I hope the cat pees on the carpet. I hope the husband spills like his coffee or his beer like next to the sofa. Nobody wants to clean their carpet. It's one of these necessary evils of owning this stuff. Certain things people buy. They go and buy food. They go and buy clothes. They go and buy movies. Other things, you have to sell them. Some things people buy, other things you got to sell. And so when it comes to selling, my favorite definition of selling, I got from my buddy, Dan Sullivan, the founder of Strategic Coach. And I asked him years ago, I'm like, Dan, how do you look at selling? He said, selling is getting someone intellectually engaged in a future result that's good for them and getting them to emotionally commit to take action to achieve that result. And I was like, that's a pretty profound statement. I mean, he just blurted it out. I ended up doing a video called is selling evil. Like if someone types is selling evil into Google, that video will pop up because they asked me that question when I was being interviewed for a documentary and that footage never showed up in the movie. It was like on B-roll, but one of my team members saw me doing this close to four minute little rant on selling and you can get someone intellectually engaged in a future result that isn't good for them. Like drink this beer I mean, watch this porn, eat this fast food, take this pharmaceutical. There's a lot of things that are sold in the world that aren't good for people. But if you are coming from a place of getting someone intellectually engaged in a future result that is good for them and then getting them to emotionally commit to take action to achieve that result, what better way to do good in the world? And if you are operating from that understanding, then all of the tools of marketing, technology, selling, persuasion, deadlines, emotional copy, social proof, testimonials, all of the elements that can make up marketing, you just amplified them. But the real thing is what is your intention? Because it's hard to put energy and enthusiasm into something that you know you don't believe in or that you're not aligned with or that you're not really connected with because my whole thing is connect people, connect people with others, connect people with ideas, connect people with capabilities, and more importantly, disconnect from people that aren't right fit clients, that don't have the right like alignment, that don't share the same sort of value system that you have because good marketing not only attracts who it is that you're looking for, it repels who you're not looking for. And I don't mean repel like offend them. I just mean it's not for them. And the worst thing to do is try to sell something to somebody that doesn't need it, that is not really going to benefit from it because you can make money doing that, but can you really go to bed at night? And I believe in karma. Early on in my 20s, I heard this line by, God, what's I can't remember his name right now. But anyway, the quote is, be nice to the people you meet on the way up. They're the same people you meet on the way down. Because you're going, like, Everything that you do is like a karmic deposit. If you would not sell it to your mother or your best friend, then why the hell would you sell it to anyone else? I mean, within reason. I mean, certain things, you're not going to sell gangster rap to like your mother, most likely, but I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm just saying there's certain things. But in the context of does it have value, are you proud of it? Don't sell shit that you're not proud of. Do not sell things that you don't believe in. If you're desperate in the beginning and you have no other choice and you're going to starve, I don't know, you got to do telesales, selling a program you don't have a lot of belief in. I mean, 
try to get out of that, try to shift that as much as humanly possible. I mean, running a business is difficult. I'm not going to sit and pretend in the middle of the world right now. There's a lot of pain. There's a lot of desperation. I know this because I'm on the phone daily with people that are struggling with addiction several times a week, people that are suicidal. I put myself in very difficult situations and I try to reduce human suffering. However, you want to shorten the amount of time you spend in non-elf activities because part of creating an easy, lucrative, and fun business is just simply doing something that you can put your heart into and you believe in. So I'll say this about marketing. So marketing is what you do to get someone on the phone or face-to-face with you properly positioned. So by the time they're talking to you or they're on your website or talking to a team member, they're pre-interested, pre-motivated, pre-qualified, and predisposed to do business with you. And there's many ways to do that. My friend, Jason Fladlin, who's one of my Genius Network members, He has this great, simple way of saying it. Anything that you're selling, you want to put information in front of it. That could be a book. In this particular case, here we are recording a podcast. Now, Valley has all kinds of things that Valley sells, and there's all kinds of people that you want to reach. So what you're doing is you're putting free information in front of them. People that hear this are like, oh, I like that. I learned something there. Oh, that taught me something. I'm going to, that's changed my perspective. Now, all of a sudden they have a level of reciprocity with you, with the company, because they heard this. So when someone reads one of my books, you know, I have Joe's free book and I give away a book called Life Gives to the Giver. And it's not putting people into an upsell funnel. Could I do that? Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. I just don't do exploitive marketing. I truly put out free, valuable stuff and I let what I say and what I teach and what I do speak for itself. I encourage people to test the ideas, test the things. And if you make money with it, if it helps your life, then one day you might do business with me. You might refer someone to, and if you don't, I still feel really good because I know that I'm putting stuff out there and I'm not teasing people by making it sound like, oh, this is maybe, no, I give people, I give away more stuff for free that's better than a lot of stuff I see other people charge for. And you know what? It's always served me well. And people are like, well, how could you do that? How could you give away your best stuff for free? It's like, because the quicker someone gets a result, there's a lot of people in the world that appreciate that. If you think in your own life, who do you hang out with as a friend? Who do you do business with? Your original thing was, how do you compete with like an Amazon? Or if there's something that's like a super low price, well, for one, don't be in the commodity business. Because if the only advantage you have is the lowest price, that's a tough business because someone's always going to find a way to manufacture it, sell it, and deliver it cheaper. People don't want to refund a relationship. You can be in the transaction business or you can be in the relationship business. And if you can establish a relationship that starts first off with actually caring about somebody and then delivering upon it, people have just a real connect. When you have a real connection with someone, and that doesn't mean they have to talk to you personally. They just may really like your company. They may really like the culture. They may really like the product or the services. They may like the fact that you say thank you. They may like the fact that you included a bonus that came along with it that was totally unexpected or that you actually followed up with them three days after they bought something from you and said, thank you. I appreciate it. You sent them a handwritten note. You remembered their birthday. Like every year for the last six years, I send out personal happy birthday videos with me and usually someone famous like Richard Branson or this year I have my buddy Chip Wilson, the founder, Lululemon. You know, I record a video and I send it out. I've been doing it for six years. People are like, they just wait every year to get a birthday video from me. And some of these people have never bought anything from me and I still do it anyway. Now, one of my dilemmas right now, Jason, is 
I'm taking next year as a one-year sabbatical. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the birthday greetings I've been doing for six years for next year. Either I take the year off or I come up with a clever different video that sort of explains it. But the point is, there's all kinds of ways that you can actually deliver value to people other than lowest price. And if the only advantage you have, if you don't have a system for selling what it is you're selling, you're always going to be at the mercy of the consumer system for buying, which is always price unless you, if that's the only criteria that you give them. So even when I was a Debro carpet cleaner, I started marketing by doing consumer awareness guides. I started teaching people how to choose a carpet cleaner. And I would, I remember, and this was before the internet, in 1992, my very first website I had was in 1996. But in 1992, I had a consumer guide to carpet cleaning and people would have to call and request it. And I would run these ads saying, call and request a consumer's guide to carpet cleaning, learn seven questions, ask a carpet cleaner before you invite them into your home and how to avoid four carpet cleaning ripoffs. And originally I would have them call and I would physically mail and snail mail a consumer guide to carpet cleaning and everyone was advertising price. And I didn't want to advertise price. I didn't like it when someone called me up on the phone and say, how much do you charge? But then I realized if someone says how much you charge, it's the only way they know how to start a conversation about you got one of these things or you got this service that I may need. So how do we get this thing? So they ask you how much you charge. So people get pissed when people are like, all the, all our clients care about, all our customers care about is price. And it's like, well, are you giving them anything else to talk to you about? How are you bringing them in? Because only the hungriest fish are going to snap to the crappiest bait. Hey there. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Superhumans at Work. And remember, this is brought to you by Mindvalley. If you become a member of Mindvalley, you get to unlock all of the education that truly leads to an incredible life. Our patented formula to deliver true transformation includes the best technology, amazing teachers, a curriculum that keeps you engaged and delivers you the content that leads to the best life possible. Go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman to learn more on how to become a member. And now we'll go on with our episode. So basically, I created a consumer guide that I paid a copywriter. These are people that write marketing copy. And I thought this was all the money in the world at the time. I paid a copywriter $1,800 that I had to borrow on a credit card because I believed in this idea that I had, that if I could teach people in advance how to hire a carpet cleaner, and I was the one providing them with that information, they would trust me. That was my idea when I was in my early 20s. And so I taught this guy about carpet cleaning so he could create this consumer guide to carpet cleaning. And it said, now, anyone that's listening saying, I don't have a carpet cleaning business, I'm running a financial services business, or I'm building, I have a startup that's doing virtual reality to help people with mental illness. Well, guess what? So am I. I'm funding the creation of a virtual reality company with AI and machine learning. So I do some pretty high-tech shit. I own spaceuniversity.com. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I'm involved in. I have equity in 21 different companies. There's all kinds of stuff. I'm talking about carpet cleaning because if you can't figure it out with this, the more sophisticated you get, you're not going to figure it out. So I created Consumer's Guide to Carpet Cleaning. It said, read this guide and discover eight mistakes to avoid when choosing a carpet cleaner, six costly misconceptions about carpet cleaning, crawling critters and crud, a guide to the slime, grime, and livestock that's seeping, creeping, and galloping through your carpet. Again, what I already said, how to avoid four carpet cleaning ripoffs, the difference between value and price, how to get your carpet cleaner to 100% guarantee their work, blah, blah, blah. And then they would open it up and it says, dear homeowner, choosing a carpet cleaner isn't easy. And by the way, anyone that's watching this, I'm not reading anything. I have this from memory. So. <laughs> that's impressive. 
Yeah, dear homeowner, choosing a carpet cleaner isn't easy. Why? Because you're bombarded with confusing claims, simply bad information, near worthless methods, unqualified technicians. How do you ever find a qualified, competent carpet cleaner? You start by reading this guide now with this information, blah, blah, blah. And then it would say, you'll learn all these things. It says now with this information, you can make an informed, intelligent decision. And that's the key. People don't want to make uninformed, idiotic decisions. They want to feel in control. And by me advertising a consumer guide, I wasn't trying to sell carpet cleaning. I was just trying to say, hey, interested in cleaning your carpets? Read this consumer's guide to carpet cleaning. And so that was just because I was just trying to figure out how to get people to hire me. Little did I know that the creation of that consumer awareness guide was the seed that ended up creating a basically an information publishing empire that has taught thousands of people how to market. I mean, tens of thousands how to market it. It launched a business for me. It's launched hundreds of other businesses. It has generated hundreds of millions of dollars in carpet cleaning services. It got really amazing, hardworking service businesses to have pride in what it is they do. I, people that were thinking they had to rely on bait and switch advertising, you realize, no, you don't need to do any of that crap. And so I made my marketing valuable before anyone ever bought anything from me. And since I was the one teaching them how to choose a carpet cleaner, who did they naturally have trust and rapport with? With me. So rapport is trust with comfort. You don't want people just to trust you. You want them to feel comfortable with you. And that's what elf marketing is. And once I created that consumer guide, I never had to answer the same questions when people say, how much you charge? I say, let me send you a consumer guide. But then I discovered some people, they well, I want my carpets clean tomorrow. So I created a consumer awareness message. Now, this is before the internet existed. And so people would call up and they would hear a 10-minute free recorded message on how to choose a carpet cleaner. So I created the most effective salesperson that delivered an articulate message in a non-threatening way, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, cost me about 20 to 30 bucks a month. And it sold millions of dollars worth of services for me once I figured out how to make free recorded messages worth. And it first started with the carpet cleaning business. Then once I started teaching carpet cleaners all the success recipes that were tested and proven in my own business before I ever started holding myself out as a marketing expert, I used free recorded messages to get people to request information about my course on how to transform their carpet cleaning business. And so to this day, we still use free recorded messages, but now we have this thing called the internet and we have social media. So instead of just free recorded messages and consumer guides, you can drive people to surveys. You can drive people to watch videos. You can have people request free books. You can have podcasts. You can have all kinds of stuff. And in the future, it's going to be AI. It's going to be virtual reality. It's going to be augmented reality. So it's just about putting information in front of people. And so today I use my marketing skills to, my biggest interest is to change the global conversation about how people view and treat addicts with compassion instead of judgment and to find the best forms of treatment that have efficacy and share those with the world. So I'm using my marketing skills to put out information for people that struggle and suffer with addiction, which is real human suffering. And that's where I created Genius Recovery and it's all free. We just put information out there for free. And a lot of people that are struggling with addiction don't have money, they don't have resources. So I created an educational platform, but it all boils down to just, it's not what people don't know, it's what they don't know that they don't know. Until I had a consumer awareness guide, they didn't know there were seven questions to ask or how to avoid four carpet cleaning ripoffs or eight mistakes to avoid or six costly misconceptions. So whatever you are, if you're a chiropractor, what are the, how to avoid getting ripped off? If you are 
a interior designer, you know, what are the mistakes to avoid when choosing an interior designer? If you're a public speaker, if you train people on how to design Zoom backgrounds, you know, whatever it is, put free information, valuable information in front of people so that you are helping them, you're being useful and you're creating a result in advance. Because if you can help people create a result in advance and you can bond with them that way, then you've given yourself a massive advantage over anyone else in that category or space that is not doing that. And you don't need to be a genius in order to do this stuff. I would never call myself a genius. I mean, if there's anything smart I've done, I've created Genius Network, but I get other geniuses. I curate them and they come in and I just access and look at those capabilities and I connect people with each other and it makes everyone better. So when you're thinking about building and growing a business, you just simply need to be better than the other things that are out there, either for real or perceived better. Being better doesn't mean the best product or the best service. It means the setup, okay? Because there's a lot of wonderful doctors that have terrible bedside manners and so they don't have rapport. And there's some doctors that frankly aren't all that good, but they're nice, kind people. The real key is to be really masterful at what you do, be really masterful at the marketing. You don't need to learn a thousand things. I mean, I think people are better off mastering one book and reading a really good book five times than reading 50 books. People think it's like, oh, let me see how many podcasts I can listen to at four times speed in one day, but I'm not doing shit with any of the ideas. I mean, one thing done equals money, five things undone equals no money. So when you hear an idea, put it into place. Don't stuff your head with just more content because content is valuable, but context is way more important than content. And communication is important, but comprehension is even more important. We're communicating things. You're, you're like, look at all the podcasts that you've done, Jason. You've communicated a ton to people, but if they're not comprehending it and digesting it and utilizing it, it's like eating really great food, but it's all going out one end. And so it's just, you got to use it as nutrition. You got to nourish yourself whenever you hear an idea and put it into play because that's the only way it's going to turn into a result for not only yourself, but for other people. All right. I'll take a breath now. So. Take a breath because you just dropped so much knowledge on everyone. And I first have to be so thankful. What I love the most about having an interview with you right now, Joe, is I feel that you're here with a spirit of giving. You talked about it earlier and you're just sharing your heart on what's going to be the most valuable for the listeners here. And I know everybody listening in is feeling it too. The other thing I want to point out, and you might not know this, Joe, but I'm actually writing a book on how to sell with love. And everything you talked about sales is exactly what I advocate for. And I'm so happy to know that you're out there teaching people how to do things from a place of caring and love and how they're actually going out to do the marketing with an intent of actually taking care of these people and giving them something that's of incredible value and making sure they're being discovered in the process. And I think if a lot more businesses start operating from that place, we're solving a lot of the problems in the world. See, like I went into one of these like real estate seminar borderline scams when I was in my early 20s. Now that was a great learning experience for me, but at the same time, it gave me this burning desire is that I hate scammy marketing and sales to a point that I just want all the people that are doing good business to learn these skills from a place of empathy so that they can be the ones that get selected for the products and services. And I think the movement that was created with these consumer guides and what you've done is the more the buyer is educated, the more they can make these decisions from a powerful place, not get taken advantage of. And now see you offering a product, like maybe it's not the best in the world, but I can guarantee that whatever it is you were offering was definitely above average. And it was a fair value for the people that 
that transacted with you. And you're raising the bar of what is expected from everyone in that field, making sure that there's no place for scams, no place for taking advantage, or at least that market becomes shrinked. And so this is the trend that I've seen with the internet coming. People are like, wow, more access to information. Well, we still have to get access to the right information. And I think this was a quick thing I wanted to maybe give for people. What are some words of advice for someone? Because as you said, some people get really good at marketing, but don't deliver a good product. What would be some quick tip we can give for people to sift through the crap? Because someone that's really good at marketing can sell a pretty shitty product. And this is one of the things that does frustrate me. What's a quick way that we can spot the crap and make sure that when we do go out there and get well-educated, we make good choices? Well, this will piss off some people probably, but they're probably not the ones that would ever listen to it. Because when people become very famous, a lot of people I see, not all, I mean, I always start with a beginner's mind. The more I learn about marketing and business, the more I realize I don't know, because it's like an octopus with constantly growing tentacles. It's very hard to be a world-class expert in marketing. Marketing is not like an industry, it's like oxygen. It's something that is happening all the time. And there's very many layers to it. And so for one, just remember that the more famous they are, the more full of shit they usually are. Some of the biggest sellers of crap are really good at personal branding. And they're really good at looking in a camera and spewing spiritual messages or talking about authenticity or caring. And they are anything but that. You have some of the biggest influencers on the planet. And many of them I know personally, many of them, unfortunately, I trained early on. And you don't realize some people, as they get more successful, they become appreciative and other people the ego takes over. I mean, there's some very well-known colleagues of mine that I helped launch their businesses and they, along the way, they started to believe their own PR. <laughs> and it's kind of sad because what you have to do is you, especially in personal development, is realize that part of that world is doing the work and staying in the process, not thinking you've somehow transcended it because it's just a dangerous place to get in. So what I've found is, is the more famous someone is, usually the faker they are. Not in all cases. Some people are famous because they're just really good and they're really bright and they're really valuable and they're really caring. And other people, to your point, they just are really good at hyping shit. And so I always look at what's the result, what's their reputation. For one, competency starts with guaranteeing your work. Put your money where your mouth is. Don't sell anything that you're not able to back up. Now, there comes a point where when you get into certain levels of stuff and there's layers, you don't have to quote unquote guarantee it. I mean, because certain things, there should not be refunds with them, but that's usually not the first thing that you sell, things like that. I mean, that part of it is easy way to build and grow a business is if you've got the goods, if you've got the chops, if it really does make it as easy for people to get the result. And me and Dean Jackson, who we, we've been doing our podcast, I Love Marketing, for a decade. And Dean invented the squeeze page where you put your name and your email and you go to the next site, which has now become the opt-in page, which hundreds of millions of websites use. And so he's my friend for over 25 years. And one of the things that we talk about all the time is imagine if you could only get paid if you produced a result. I mean, you couldn't charge for your products or services anymore. The only way that you could get paid is you had to produce a result. It's a really great thought experiment because you're like, okay, do people actually get a result? So when you're looking at things to buy to help give some hopefully useful ways to think about it is the most expensive information in the world is bad information. Just because something is free does not necessarily mean it's good because there's a lot of people that are dispensing really bad advice for free. 
And there's other people that have really good advice that cost money. So part of it is test it. In the real world, it's called failure. In the marketing world, it's called testing. (laughs) So test the premise. If you don't have the money and you can't afford it, try it out. Don't get so emotionally hooked into a hypey pitch that all of a sudden you're putting yourself at financial risk. And on the flip side, if you operate as a scaredy cat all the time and you're not willing to invest, I know this is totally counterintuitive to what I just said. On one hand, do a certain amount of like, yeah, think about it. Does this sound right? Does this feel right? And on the other side, yeah, you're going to have to take risks. You're never going to run a business without taking risks. I have a friend, Dave Kekich, who's paralyzed from the chest down, and he wrote these credos after he became paralyzed over 35 years ago. He's now in his late 70s, and it's, if your purpose in life is security, you will be a failure. Security is the lowest form of happiness. If you're going to run a business, you're going to wake up every day, and you're going to make it up and make it real, as my friend Dan Sullivan says. You're going to bumble your way through life, and you're not going to have the best product or service when you first start out. How could you? You're not an expert chef. How is it that you're going to one day out of getting your chef training, or you just like got your chef training by watching YouTube videos, you're not going to be the best chef in the world. But if you keep cooking, like my buddy Chris Voss, who's one of my Genius Network members, and he's part of my faculty, he wrote a book called Never Split the Difference. And he's a former top FBI hostage negotiator, international hostage negotiator. And he talks about you got to do the reps. When you go to a 12-step group, it's not an attendance group, it's a step group. If you just go to meetings but you never do the steps, most likely you're not going to get recovery. You will leave and you're like, 12 steps don't work. But I rarely talk to someone that's gone to 12 steps and actually did the step work and it didn't improve their life. And many of them, they got sober. You got to do the reps. So the other thing is ask yourself the question, what needs solved? People are like, what book should I read? What book should I buy? What courses should I invest in? What should I spend my time on? Well, as an entrepreneur, Here's the things you got to protect. You got to protect your integrity. So don't, you lay down with dogs, you wake up with fleas. So you got to protect your confidence because confidence feels good. If you don't have confidence, you have to operate with courage. Courage doesn't feel good, but you have to operate with it in the beginning until you get confident. So when you get confident in something, there's a difference between being confident and being cocky. Fake people and people to look out for are cocky, arrogant, slick talking. The more smooth talking they are, Sometimes it's like, hmm, this sounds a little too good. So your point about a lot of people that sell how to make money in real estate, and I've learned this, unfortunately, they're very charming and a lot of them are real scumbags. And not all of them, because there's some amazing people that sell wonderful training in real estate. And there's a lot of people that are scumbags, but that would apply to almost any type of category. There's good people and there's bad people. It's like going back to school. There's bullies and there's nice people and there's it's like everything in between. The business world is like being in the middle of the Star Wars bar. I mean, there's just a bunch of weird characters. So you want to look at what needs solved. What do you need solved in your life? And that goes to the third thing to protect, which is your attention, because you only have so much attention. And where you give your attention is critical. And finally, like another one of my Genius Network members is a guy named BJ Fogg. So BJ Fogg wrote a book called Tiny Habits in 2020, voted as the number one business book on Amazon. And he's a professor at Stanford. He never even wrote the book as a business book. And he's one of the smartest, most brilliant guys to write about behavior. Because what 
in our life is anything other than the sum total of our behavior. So many smart authors have learned from BJ. One of his students was the co-founder of Instagram that used the methodologies to help build Instagram. James Clear, who wrote Atomic Habits, a really great book, learned a lot of stuff from BJ. Nir Eyal, who's a friend of mine who wrote Hooked and several books. Indistractable. Indistractable is his most current one, yeah. On this wonderful world of internet distraction. And so BJ talks about all behavior can be described under his behavior model, which is B equals MAP, B equals MAP, which means all behavior is motivation, ability, and prompts. And most of the self-help and personal development is get motivated, hustle, do this, do that, take massive action, all that sort of stuff. And most of that, frankly, is bullshit. You certainly want motivation. You got to get out of bed. If you're feeling like challenged, you're feeling like you can't do it, yeah, it's good to have motivation. But what's even more important is the ability and the prompts. Like, for instance, so here's a smartphone that I'm holding up. This is an iPhone with a red case. And if I wanted to look at news or scroll on Netflix or look at porn, it requires no motivation. Okay, it's built in. It's going to be a constant dopamine hit. They make it really easy to do. So the ability is built in and there's prompts. We had a scheduled time to do this podcast. It was in my schedule. It prompted me. It didn't require motivation for me to get on and talk with you today. My assistant, I have two assistants. One of them actually scheduled this for today, looked at my calendar and said, yeah, can we do that? And that ended up us having an email communication to verify this. Alarms, if you're wearing a wearable device, all of these prompts, every time you get a text message, how many likes you get. Like, first off, we are being prompted all the time through technology to behave the way that the technology wants us to behave. That's very dangerous because you are literally outsourcing your behavior. Now, a phone, as my friend Ray Kurzweil says, is a brain extender. There's all kinds of, you don't need to know how to spell. You don't even need to know where something is to get there. You just need to put it into the map with the address. It does the thinking for you. What becomes dangerous is when you outsource your thinking to things that don't have your best interest in mind. And that's where you have to really think about behavior. So when it comes to building and growing a business, I don't think most people are going to run out and say, well, let me study behavior. But honest to God, if you did, it has everything to do with everything you do. It's all behavior. Working out, exercise, eating, sleeping. Like Robin Sharma, we did an interview about five years ago before his book, The 5 a.m. Club, came out. And he's like really big on waking up at 5 a.m. And I wrote a book called The Miracle Morning for Addiction Recovery with Hal Elrod and my friend Anna David. And it's how to use the mornings for recovery and the rituals that you can build into your life to help you in addiction recovery. And what's funny is everyone's like, wake up early. Successful people wake up early. And me and Dean Jackson were talking about, it's not the 5 a.m. club that's important. It's more like the 9 p.m. club. Because if you want to wake up at 5 a.m., you better get your ass to bed. So everyone's talking about morning rituals, but what about evening rituals? What is the shit that you do at night that is causing you to look at your phone, stare at your phone. Your phone is the last thing. And here's the thing. I'm not poo-pooing phones and technology. They're great if you utilize them. They're not great if you're being used by them. Most people don't utilize social media and internet marketing or technology or Facebook or any of that stuff. They're used by it. So what is using you versus what do you, like, I don't want people to use me. I want people to utilize me. The advice, if you want to call it anything I'm saying that could be construed as advice today, I want people to utilize it, but it's their life. I mean, they got to treat everything they hear like a 12-step group. Take what you like and leave the rest. If you don't 
like anything I'm saying, you have no moral obligation to listen to me or even like me. If I do say something that's like, yeah, you know, I may try that on, you know, I'm going to think about that. That may give me different perspective. I'm going to sit down and write a sales letter. I'm going to write an ad. I'm going to educate people. I'm going to sit down and create a template that says, what are the misconceptions in my industry about the category that I'm in? What are the ways that people rip people off in the industry that I'm in? What are the mistakes to avoid that people make that I've learned since that? And how do I just sit down and write those things out and package it? And then I'm going to do a video online about it. I'm going to write it up. I'm going to write an article and I'm going to post it. I'm going to do a podcast and talk about it. I'm going to put it into a book. There's all kinds of ways that they can just take our conversation here and they can put it into useful content in the right context and communicate it in a way that makes it easy for people to comprehend it. And that will lead to people having rapport with them and hopefully hiring them or at least liking them. And it doesn't have to be for money. I mean, this is everything. You can write a sales letter in order to find the love of your life. If you have a child that needs an organ transplant and you have the ability to craft a message, you're at a better advantage for this child getting an organ transplant or a donor than someone that doesn't utilize that. So people that just use marketing to sell stuff or to fleece people, and there's a lot that do, is what gives marketing a bad name. What I would say is think of selling as being persuasive in persuasion. As my good friend Robert Cialdini says, you know, it's not the persuasion that you do, it's what you do before the persuasive moment. And so his newest book is called Presuasion. What he has learned in the research is it's what you do before the sale, which is where marketing comes in, because marketing is persuasion. If someone has read a consumer guide and they're pre-interested, pre-motivated, pre-qualified, predisposed before they ever call the phone number, way better than someone that hasn't gotten any of that information. And so think of marketing as storytelling. If you tell a better story, you're going to enroll people. So people that are like, I hate marketing, marketing, it's high pressure. People love to be sold. They hate to be pressured. You can utilize marketing in the most beneficial ways. What movement? Mother Teresa utilized marketing. Martin Luther King, John F. Kennedy. I mean, any movement in the world, there was a message behind it. And marketing is a message to market match. It's what you say and who you say it to. It's applied psychology. So it's one thing to learn about how the human mind works. It's another to actually influence human behavior. And when you get to the point where you're able to say things or do things that influence other people in a direction that they want to go that is good for them, or maybe they don't want to go there, but it's going to be good for them because we have to do that in the addiction recovery field. Believe me, when you're stressed out and you're in pain and you're doing drugs and you're drinking, that feels good in the moment. You talked about love. Addiction is looking for love in all the wrong places. It's an attempt to find love, but it's really an attempt to soothe pain. And so, yeah. So anyway, so those are some of my thoughts. We spent a lot of time here just going through some amazing topics. And I'm so excited that you came here and shared this knowledge. I had such a good time listening to you. And I think for everybody listening, you're definitely going to want to look at the links that we're going to put in the show notes so you can learn more from Joe, his genius network. What are all the initiatives that he's putting forward? Because as you've seen, the man is a wealth of knowledge. And with the principles that he applied about understanding psychology, you see how that's powerful for helping him build all the different businesses and helping all the people, even in the spaces of addiction recovery, with the same principles. I also love about how he's 
he's really made sure that he's connected and surrounded himself with the right kinds of people. We talked about that earlier in the episode, and you can see all of his friends and all the quotes that he was able to bring are all from the networks that he has built because he continued to operate with integrity, which is one of the key things that he's mentioned as well that you want to defend at all costs when you're operating the business. Be careful who you surround yourself with. Find yourself around a great network. Understand these principles of sales and marketing. And when you use them with an intention of caring, educating, not only are you positioning yourself in a way that you will be more trusted because you're educating, but you're also helping the buyers make better decisions. So nobody's doing decisions from a place of ignorance. They get to make better decisions from themselves, whether they decide to do business with you or not. But the byproduct is they will naturally want to do more business with you. And it's a perfect and powerful principle that you can apply. And of course, I love that Joe mentioned here, karma is real. So as you become bigger, you can apply these knowledge, you can become a master at marketing. But if at the end of the day, the product you deliver is not good, karma does come back to bite. And you want to be able to know that the people that you're going to see on the way up are going to be the people who stay on the way down. It's just not a great way to live life if you're always doing things out of integrity. The other values here being that if you keep your confidence, maybe at the beginning you need a bit more courage as he's mentioned, but the confidence is going to be built up, will get you ready to wake up in the morning and do massive action. And again, this podcast is probably going to want to listen to more than once. There's a lot of actions you can take from everything that you've learned in here. And of course, the links to discover more from the Genius Networks are going to be here. Joe, thank you so much for coming here. Just giving us such a wealth of information. I feel like we need to have a few more podcasts. I'm so excited about all the work you're doing. Thank you so much, as well as for anybody who might be struggling with issues of addiction. Definitely look, we're going to put some links to that because he's building support groups and really helping communities around the world. And we're very, very grateful for that. Joe, thank you so much for your time and everybody listening. Thanks for tuning in. Once again, everybody, thanks for tuning in to Superhumans at Work. I'm very grateful for all of you who tune in on a regular basis, listening to these amazing interviews with these guests that I get to find. Now, if you're subscribed to the show, definitely leave us a review if you can and share it with friends so that we can spread the message and get more people to be able to learn of these fantastic ideas that they can bring in their everyday life. And these episodes, of course, are brought to you by Mindvalley. When you go to mindvalley.com forward slash superhuman, you get to discover the transformational education that we get to deliver where we bring the best technology, the best teachers, and ensure that it teaches you what leads to a truly incredible life. Thanks again for tuning in and watching the show. And until next time, stay superhuman. My name is Jason Campbell, and this is Superhumans at Work, a Valley podcast. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite.